Good afternoon, everyone. Um, I had hoped against hope that I would not have to have this particular press conference um, in which I am going to cancel some regular season games. You are Locked On White Sox, your daily Chicago White Sox podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into Locked On Socks, or uh, I bet no one's made this joke before, Locked Out Socks. Get it? Because there's a lockout. Thank you for making Locked On White Socks your first listen each and every day. We're free and available on all platforms. We're free and available on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. You can find us there at Locked On Socks or by searching Locked On White Socks. I'm Sean Anderson. I'm the host of Locked On Socks. You can follow me on Twitter at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. Today is Wednesday, March 2nd, and as you, as you heard in the intro, Rob Manfred is canceling the first two series of the 2022 MLB series, taking the 2022 season from 162 games to 155. Today on Lockdown White Sox, I will talk to you about why it happened, talk about the timeline of how it happened, and we will be talking about how it affects the Chicago White Sox. And honestly, let's get that part out of the way first, because it's probably the easiest thing. Uh, It it doesn't mean right now, I don't think spring training is happening. Uh, They did delay games to start uh, on March 5th, but we haven't heard anything uh, as of yet on if they're going to be delayed even more. So we're not sure if Mark in the park is going to be able to go out to Glendale and see the White Sox. I still think that they can at least have something uh, going on. They have at least 60, you know, minor leaguers uh, out there. So, I mean, they can at least, you know, somewhat play scab ball. I'm not, I'm not really sure about the rules um, if spring training needs to be played by union players. So, uh, you know, obviously we'll see how that develops over the past couple days. But the big worry has been about games getting canceled. I unfortunately was right about this about, uh, I think it was two weeks ago uh, when Rob Manfred, I think, last spoke. But I said that games were going to be canceled. And I just I had no faith that the owners were actually going to make a good offer. And they never did. We'll talk about that a little bit later. But how does it affect your guys in black? The first game, uh, and I'm looking right now at the uh, spring training schedule. So the the first games have been canceled. A couple games have been canceled already for spring training. Uh, The first game on the White Sox schedule uh, is uh, for spring training would be March 12th at the Reds. Uh, And obviously it's, you know, at the Reds spring training facility. But that's apparently when the first spring training game uh, that they can possibly conceivably think could happen if they get a deal done soon uh, will happen. But you know, we're looking at how the regular season has affected the opening day for the Chicago White Sox. Now, if a deal is done before they have to cancel more games, uh, will be on April 8th. They have an away three-game home, uh, an away three-game home series, an away three-game uh, stand against the Tigers in Detroit, and then they have uh, two three-game home stands uh, against the Mariners on the 12th through the 14th, and then through the 15th through the 17th, they welcome the Tampa Bay race. So that's how your White Sox first three series look now with the cancellation of those games. And, I mean, that's really the biggest effect. I think it is, honestly, in, in, a, in a horrible, weird way. I think the, 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 the more the lockout goes on, the better for the Sox it actually is. The less games they play, the less innings you know Michael Kopech may need to pitch. The less uh, you know games we play, the less innings Garrett Crochet has to worry about. Maybe we just want to roll this over again, put him in the ro- you know the bullpen, and 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 you know there's nothing they could do about it now. He's on the 40 man rotation. They can't send him down to the minor leagues now. It, it seems like Garrett Crochet is probably going to be a major leaguer, and maybe they just get by with you know whatever they want in right field. 
maybe Adam Ingles enough because, you know, the biggest question I have about Adam Ingles is not if he's a major league ball player, uh, but if he can stay healthy. So, you know, maybe they're able to get by with that. Maybe backup catcher becomes less of a worry and maybe, you know, the only need four starters at this point. Uh, I, I know they still have Dallas Keuchel and it doesn't seem like they're going to get any help with the CBT floor. Uh, that, that seemed like that was only proposed back in August and nothing uh, about that has come back. So it, it looks like the Sox are going to be stuck with those five pitchers uh, in Keuchel, uh, Kopech, Rodon, no, not Rodon, Cease, uh, Lynn, and, and, and Giolito. What I was trying to think of, though, is, you know, it, it means, you know, less time for Carlos Rodon to sign, too. Uh, not sure when this is going to be done. Rob Manfred said in his press conference yesterday that the earliest they could get a deal done or at least meet again will be Thursday, which is tomorrow. So, you know, maybe a deal gets done tomorrow, maybe a deal gets done by the weekend. Uh, and we, we have those spring training games on the 12th, but you know, I, I'm still worried about opening day. I can't lie to you. Uh, and, and it's really honestly because of one person. It's the guy we're talking about today. We're going to be talking about Rob Manfred. Uh, I'm going to go through his press conference and we're going to talk about, you know, how this happened, the timeline of this happening, and, you know, really, what what does this do to Major League Baseball? And let's start off with, uh, you know, some good old lying uh, from, from, from Rob Manfred. I want to assure our fans that our failure to reach an agreement was not due to a lack of effort by either party. The players came here for nine days. They worked hard. They tried to make a deal. And I appreciate their effort. And I'm playing that for one reason in there, and it was it's not due to a lack of effort. The games being canceled are not due to a lack of effort, and he wants to thank the players for their good job and good effort. And I want to thank the players for their good job and good effort as well. As somebody who's been a part of their union their entire work life, uh, as somebody who comes from a Chicago firefighter family, unions are important in my work life, and I've, I've never loved being a part of a union, paying union dues. You know, come, you know, less money goes to me, but at the end of the day, these are people bargaining for our work rights. And if you look at the MLB and the past couple agreements that Rob Manfred has gotten players to agree to, and we'll talk about this a little bit later, they have gotten screwed royally over and over again. And majorly, that has happened because the owners and Rob Manfred have been able to bust the union up. They've been able to get some of those weaker parts a little bit more worried about not having a paycheck. But right now, the players are completely together, completely unionized in trying to get the best deal possible for them. I am so thankful for the players for doing that because really, I mean, you see all the horror stories from the minor leaguers, Uh, guys sleeping in, you know, four guys to one hotel room, guys making $11,000 last year. It's just it's disgusting. And all the money that is in sports now with the cable rights, and we'll get into those, uh, it, it is truly disgusting. The players who are putting on this product, the 26 guys on the roster, need to be seeing more of a cut. And Rob Manfred saying, you know, it's not for a lack of good effort, is complete BS. Nine straight days they met down in Florida, the owners and the players. Nine straight days. Great job. You've been in a lockout for over 80. You had enough time to go after and try to secure a new CBA so that games weren't canceled. You said it was a disaster scenario, yet you're laughing up at the press conference, you know, joking about firing Ken Rosenthal. Great job, buddy. You look great. You look really relatable. You look like exactly who fans want to hang out and have a beer and sit down and watch a game with. You're disgusting. I mean, this is just brutal. What are you trying to do? There was a point after you locked out the players where you didn't Give a proposal for 43 days. That's a lack of effort right there, Rob Manfred. You guys aren't meeting. You guys aren't trying. You guys aren't making progress. You're working on your golf game. All these owners are too busy taking their time off because their teams aren't playing and making them money, so it's not on their radar. 
you need to be more progressive and you need to help secure an actual deal so fans get the product that they actually want. It's brutal to have you as the commissioner. And there's another part up here, and I'm just, I'm now going on a rant. It's just ridiculous that he says this. Let's go through the timeline. Let's go through the timeline because I think that's probably the most important thing. On December 1st, uh, the MLB union met, uh, MLB and the union met with CBA nearing expiration uh, less than 12 hours before the CBA is set to expire at 10.51 or 10.59 uh, Central Time. The league and union meet in Dallas. Negotiations last, last less than 10 minutes before ending for the day. And Ian Happ on 670 The Score said that the league didn't make one economic, economic proposal during negotiations over the last three-day period in Dallas. Happ calls it a horrible way to negotiate. They're not negotiating Ian, they're not negotiating. They are trying to use the lockout. And I know you know this, Ian. You're smart. Uh, you're a union player. The, the owners were using the lockout as their only way to, of, of leverage to squeeze and break the union. That is all you saw. And the only reason why games are being canceled is because the owners want to break and bust up that union and have players going after each other and having players fighting so that the players fighting gets more money in their pockets. That's all that we saw. Games are getting canceled. For some reason, the games that make them money are getting canceled because they can't even think of giving the players who actually put the product on more money. I, it, it's 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 disgusting. I mean, I'm 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 trying to not be biased. I'm trying to give you a timeline, and yet I'm giving you my bias because I, I this is frustrating. I used to stand in my my grandparents' basement at my fireplace and. and you know, there was, I'm a left-handed hitter and, and, you know, on the left side of the, the end of the basement was this stairwell and probably about like six stairs or whatever. And there was a perfect opening where if I hit it at the right launch angle at the right, uh, you know, amount of uh, power, it would go all the way down this long front hallway and hit the front door. So my goal was to perfect my swing and just hit a home run that hit the front door, you know, every single time I have ADHD. So I would do this for four hours trying to per- perfect these swings that I'm seeing on baseball tonight that I'm seeing these players do I'm not trying to replicate the 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 salary and the amount of money and net worth that these owners are trying to do no what what people care about is the game what people care about is the actual product on the field and that's sucked by the way too Rob that's sucked by the way too but you're giving us less of a product that hasn't even been good that you can't even put time in during the offseason to improve. You had time to even get this deal done. Over 80 days, the second longest work stoppage in your sport is caused by you. Good job, Rob. BetOnline is the official sports book of the Lockdown Podcast Network and of Lockdown White Sox. Football might be over for this season, but basketball is in full steam for both pro and college hoops. From all the latest odds, totals, player performance props, to where the next fired coach is going to land, BetOnline.net is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. BetOnline remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline.net is your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC odds right to the Olympic coverage and information. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. Again, the website is betonline.net. And again, it's an updated website. Go check it out on your phone or computer. Betonline.net. Betonline, where the game starts. 
Thanks for making Lockdown White Sox your first listen each and every day. Lockdown MLB Prospects host Lindsey Crosby is a prospect encyclopedia, and he's going deep on the MLB stars of tomorrow. It's free and available wherever you get your podcast. Sorry for the rant there. I, I have no idea why Herb and Tanny described me as hot-headed. And hey, the episode's not over yet, and I'm still mad at Rob Manfred. Let's get in, into the timeline. I'll try not to get distracted here, but the uh, lockout started on December 2nd, and this is what Rob Manfred had to say, and this was the first work stoppage since 1994. That's the longest one uh, in MLB history. We lost a World Series because of it, and Rob said when they placed the lockout on after they didn't even propose a deal in Dallas, like we just talked about with uh, Ian Happ, they said, simply put, we believe in an off-season lockout is the best mechanism to protect the 2022 season. That's a clearly just a joke now looking back at it we hope that the lockout will jumpstart the negotiations and get us to an agreement that will allow us this season to start on time well rob it didn't and let's see we hope the lockout will jumpstart the negotiations so let's go see when the next negotiation was because because the the owners haven't made a proposal yet by the way because the owners are supposed to make the next proposal and that's why ian happ on december after december 1st after the meeting in dallas said they didn't make a proposal so rob manford on december 2nd saying this is going to the lockout that they imposed is going to jump start the negotiations he waited 43 days to give them a proposal january 13th was the next time they talked how was golf how was your holiday rob i didn't get to spend it because my family all had covid that was fun i didn't get to see him until january i haven't even seen my dad's side that's fun you know i was really looking forward to getting outside seeing baseball but no you're working on your golf game and you have to go you know spend 43 days and in, in your off off season not not like your sports in jeopardy or anything thanks for that rob so he, he says that they met for nine days We've been in a lockout for over 80, and I'm glad that they met for those nine days in Florida and got to no conclusion, got to the conclusion that Rob Manfred thought was a disaster scenario. So that's how we got here. And, and you know, they went back and forth. It's not like they, they didn't. Uh, you know, after the, the players got that proposal on the 13th, they waited 11 days and gave a proposal on January, uh, January 24th. And the MLB followed up on the 25th. And then the union countered on the 1st. And then two days later, the owners didn't make a counteroffer. And then they wanted a, a third party, right? They didn't actually put true effort into it. And the way that I could tell you that is by looking at the final deal. We'll look at the final deal right now and and my head's jumping all around uh thanks adhd but let's uh talk about the final deal because not only were they slow to make progress i mentioned 43 days but on saturday there was a report that the mlb made a cbt proposal the first one uh by the way i'm pretty sure i I could be wrong on that but the first one i'm pretty sure was made on saturday the lockout happened yesterday on tuesday they tried to negotiate the cbt the most important part of the cba with four days left why why because they're trying to squeeze the players union out they're trying to make them feel like they can't live without 162 games because guess what the owners their pocketbooks can't survive without it but the players they know that the players who desperately need this money because it's their job are going to give up and they're going to you know fold and take whatever the the owners give them that's why all of this happened right um but let's go into the final deal and and how far apart they were because not only were they just slow to make a deal they were extremely far apart this is from jeff passan and these are comparing the mlb's final offer their previous offer uh before the mlb gave 
the MLBPA their best and final offer. And the MLBPA described it as their, uh, as the MLB described it as their uh, best and final offer. It's a bunch of semantics. Rob Manfred said they never said best and final offer, but right now they're not negotiating. It seemed like their final offer because after that, you know, they offered that and the players said no, games got canceled. So, I mean, it, it, in all in all, it is their best and final offer. Uh, but this is how far apart they were. Uh, in the first year of the CBT threshold, and the CBT threshold is the competitive ba- balance tax. Rob Manfred later will tell you that that's what keeps the game in, in check. But the competitive balance tax just basically gives teams a, a salary cap. And if they go over that uh, threshold, that first threshold, they start getting taxed at a percentage. Then there's another threshold, the second level of the CBT, they get taxed even more, right? It's to limit spending so smaller markets you know, can still compete. It's a way for the game not to have money in it because, of course, money would hurt a game. Money would hurt a sport is, is what I've learned uh, the owners believe. But in the first year of the CBT threshold, the MLBPA and the MLB difference was $18 million. We're already starting off with nearly a $20 million difference. Then in the second year of the CBT threshold, the uh, difference was $24 million. In the third year, it was $30 million. In the fourth year, $32 million. And in the fifth year, $33 million. So they were well, just on the CBT alone, uh, off by at least, at the lowest point, $18 million. And at the biggest point, they were off by each other's numbers by $33 million. So that's not even... And they've been negotiating for over 80 days. Like, how, how, how can you still be this far off? and not know what the other one wants to understand. And and also, too, one thing that Rob Manfred said was players, they got rid of qualifying. They I think they agreed to get rid of the qualifying offer. Uh, so if you lose a player to free agency, you don't get a draft pick. You should, you should either sign them or lose them, or you're going to have to trade them. And he said that players have wanted that for decades. And it's like, I, I'm not a negotiator. I'm a podcaster in my f- car. And sorry, Tagna, for, for the swear. I'm not bleeping that one. Uh, but w- with this... Right, I'm a podcaster in my car, but I, I can at least, I think I understand the art of the deal or whatever. You've known for decades, you, Rob Manford, who has been the negotiator, the key negotiator on this for years, you know that they wanted to get rid of the qualifying offer. So why wasn't that one of the first things you went after? You guys, I, I think all of you wanted the universal DH. Why wasn't that agreed to well before January? There could have been smaller moves made and there could have been bigger progress. And you guys could have met for those nine straight days in spring training and just talked about the CBT. But you didn't, and that's why you're over $100 million apart on the CBT alone. And then they're about $55 million uh, on the difference between players uh, for pre-arbitration. Uh, so that's like, you know, Chris Bryant, right? When Chris Bryant was winning Rookie of the Year and MVP, he was making like under a million dollars. The players want more money to go to those players if they're, you know, getting paid uh, you know, uh, so little, but they're performing uh, and, and helping their team win. Uh, the difference between that pool for money for those young players was $55 million. And the players for the next four years after 2022 wanted $5 million in any increase so they were 55 million dollars apart just in year one and then for the 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 following four years they were 25 million dollars apart and then finally uh, for the minimum pay which was another big thing for the MLB the minimum pay they were about a three quarters of a million dollars off uh, on that one so they were closest there Uh, the, the the owners wanted to have an increase of minimums from 675, 675,000 to 700,000, moving up 10K a year. And then uh, the, the minimums the players wanted was 725,000 going up 20 a year. So, I mean, even then too, uh, you know, I didn't even do the math on the following year. So 
they weren't even close. And there was no incremental progress ever made by the commissioner and by the owners and by the players. There was never a, a, a truly good faith offer by the owners, in my opinion. Lockdown White Sox fans, you know, if you've been listening over the past month that I've been talking a lot about the Puffs, one of Built Bar's best tasting bars. But something new for them this month is a new flavor, white chocolate cookies and cream. And I'm looking at the macros right now at Built.com, 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. You compare that to a candy bar, which usually has 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. And as somebody who's had built bars before, I love the taste of them. If I'm going for a treat, I'd rather take something like that, which is healthier, which has less calories, less sugar. It's better for me. I'm excited to grab a built bar. That's because at built bar, they're all about taste. They make it taste delicious first, then figure out how to make it healthy. And I don't know how, again, I don't know how I'm telling you, they make it work every single time. I'm, I'm salivating thinking about the white chocolate cookies and cream bar right now. Go to built.com, use promo code LOCK15 and get 15% off your order. Again, try the new white chocolate cookies and cream bar or try the puffs. Again, they're they're puffy, they're marshmallowy, they're fluffy, they're a treat, they're great. Use promo code LOCK15 at built.com for 15% off your order. Lockdown White Sox fans, it's a time. Lockdown White Sox fans, it's time for two. Lockdown White Sox fans, it's time for me to talk to you about my good friends over at Rock Auto. They made a good friend out of me over the past month. I went into my local you know, auto parts store. I told the guy behind the desks that I needed a windshield wiper pump. And he took, I mean, forever. I don't know if the computers that they have from 2003 that are all sun faded just are too slow. You know, maybe it was the system, but also it's like, I'm very good at computers. I can go to rockauto.com and save. 30%, 50%, even 100% more for the same parts from that chain store that I walked into. I mean, I looked at the windshield wiper pump that I paid $30 for in that parts store, $11 on rockauto.com. And they're a family business. They're serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. And you know that would have came in great. I have a do-it-yourselfer in my grandpa. I could do it myself. I can buy him the part and then I could go bring it over, tell him what's wrong with my car and he could fix it. And I can save money. Go explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solution to your auto parts need. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all their parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their how did you hear about us section box so they know we sent you. They have an amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com. Don't forget to join us on Friday. We're going to have a sporkle quiz for you, and I'll be talking about the White Sox bullpen in comparison to the rest of the AL Central. Uh, final thought on the CBT. This is from Craig Goldstein, and he said, just a reminder that if the CBT had grown with revenues over recent CBAs, the CBA would be at $297 million. The player's first offer uh, for the first year was $238 million. So they're about $60 million under market value. They were giving still, they were still giving the owners a deal. And unfortunately, to, to keep up my good mood, let's go to roar, more Rob Manfred. Uh, and and he, let's hear him, you know, let's hear him empathize with the fans. The clubs and our owners fully understand just how important it is to our millions of fans that we get the game on the field as soon as possible. Our owners and I want the game on the field as soon as possible. That's a lie, Rob, because you canceled games. That's a lie, Rob, because you waited 43 days in December and January to respond. That's a lie. That's a lie. 
Stop lying, Rob. Thank you. And just to talk about like more background on how owners think. This is from October 10th, and this is before a lockout even happened. And this is our own Jerry Reinsdorf in an interview from NBC Sports Chicago. And he said, look, these deals get made the last week. It's the same thing with players' contracts and arbitration. They all settle the last day because they need to get paid. I mean, that's the, that's the thought process for all owners, not just Jerry, for all owners. If it wasn't for all owners we wouldn't be in a lockout right now. We wouldn't be canceling the first two series. So the owners thought all of the collective owners and, and, you know, Jerry gave, gave us the words to put it, or at least the idea and the thinking behind it. They thought that the players, because of the deadline that they fake set on February 28th, were going to fold and crumble like the union has always had. Thank you players for not doing that. And then the, the MLB were like, Oh, we'll give you a little bit of wiggle room. We're going to leak to the media that, that negotiations are going well and we're going to extend the deadline. You go and look at the offers made on March 1st, like insulting. It's insulting how, how little they actually made progress over those nine days that they were meeting in person. It, it, it baffles my mind. And, and really, I mean, you know, Jerry thought, and I think all the owners thought that they truly were going to be able to wait until the last second and just pin those players down and they'd get 162 games. And, and yet here we are. And that's honestly, in my my opinion, uh, because of Rob Manfred. And let's go celebrate Rob Manfred's worst 50 seconds of the day yesterday on Tuesday, March 1st. I think that it's important to look at the pattern of increases in the CBT thresholds over the last several agreements. And I think the proposal that we made is right in line uh, with the type of increases we've seen in the past. I think you also need to remember that the last five years um, been very difficult years from a revenue perspective for the industry given the pandemic. Um, so, you know, this is, uh, and last, look, we have a payroll disparity problem. Um, and to weaken the only mechanism in the agreement that's designed to promote some semblance of competitive balance is just something that I don't think the club group is prepared to do right now. Rob said it's important to look at the patterns of increases over the last several agreements. And Rob, it is important, and I don't know why you're missing it, because the players have continually gotten screwed by the last agreements. And this time, they are done being screwed. They, they finally realized your tricks. They, they realized your playbook, and they just called a counter. They just called your bluff. And yeah, you did cancel games. But do you know who really that only upset more was the fans. The players are emboldened more than ever. And the last thing that this is going to do, canceling games, is going to want them to, to to fold. Yeah, they might just lose money. You're going to lose money too. All those owners aren't getting games. If the players don't get paid for 2022, then the owners aren't getting paid for 2022. You both lose. Just let's get this going. Let's realize that you guys have continually won in these CBA agreements over and over and over again. And I know you don't want to set a precedent of you know, possibly having the players actually get decent deals whenever you guys have a, a CBA agreement. I know unions suck, don't they? They take money away from you. It's brutal. I hate it. And the other thing too, the last five years were tough due to the pandemic. That's a lie. Here is from Eric Boland of Newsday, and he points out that the league grossed a record $10.7 billion in 2019. The past two seasons have indeed seen pandemic-driven revenue losses, particularly in 2020, a year mostly without 
without fan attendance, but Manfred's claim that the entirety of the most recent CBA involved financial help is easy to dispute because also in 2021, they made money. Go look at the Atlanta Braves who made $103 million in 2021. What, what, Rob, why are you just lying to fans? Why are you lying to fans and canceling games? Why? What are you gaining from this? You are just lying. And also, what does this do for you? If, it, if, if all of the revenue has been down over the past five years, you took over in 2014. You took over uh, seven years ago. So you're telling me that you couldn't take what Bud Selig gave you and you've been running it into the ground for the past five years? And I understand the pandemic was tough, but that is the biggest excuse for all of you billionaires. It was tough for me, too. It was extremely tough for me. I'm making minimum salary. I'm making minimum wage. And all of these owners have over hundreds of billions of dollars. None of them sold their teams because they weren't able to afford it. That is what they used to call on the Boers and Bernstein show. Uh, mm, mm, why can't I? Uh, who you crapping, Rob Manfred? This is crap. You are just spitting crap out to your fans. You're not promoting the health of the game. And he also said that we have a payroll uh, disparity problem. Uh, you know, the CBT increasing would only weaken the mechanism to keep the game competitive. You know what's weakening the game? The owners that won't spend. Go look at the Pittsburgh Pirates. They're spending the same on their payroll on opening day in 2003 as they are in 2021 and 2022. Like, no, Rob, the problem is the owners not spending. That's the problem. That is the problem with your game. This, this is not, it's not to deal with, you know, the CBT increasing. That's not going to affect anybody. Nobody spends near the CBT as it already is. All it would be is that it would move up and, you know, maybe the Mets get better. Maybe the Dodgers get better. That should then tell teams that they would need to spend and that these owners need to get off of their fat, fat wallets to spend. I, it's you're just lying. You're just lying to your fans. And then finally, he tries to explain the procrastination in getting a deal done. Uh, what I would say, um, Ken, is you know we did take a stab at some early negotiations um, throughout the five-year period. Um, there was a lot of rhetoric about dissatisfaction with a deal that they made. Um, a lot of the rhetoric was negative with respect to clubs, the commissioner's office, me. Um, you know, that environment someone else created. Um, and it's an environment in which it's tough to build bridges. Rob seemed, that the, uh, Rob seemed to be baffled why the players would be upset uh, with a deal that they made. And the reason that they were upset with it was because after they made the deal, the money in your sport grew exponentially and almost immediately after the deal was signed. This is from April uh, 1st, 2016. MLB completes 16 international broadcast agreements for 2016. And, and you know, so that's an immediate amount of money right there. This is from Craig Goldstein. Starting in 2022, every MLB team will receive a guaranteed $60.1 million via national TV deals, averaging out the money from the life of those deals. Like like every local TV deal averages $40 million per year. So every single team is getting $100 million plus guaranteed before selling a ticket. And that's in February 1st, 2022. And then this is finally from 2018. This is from the New York Times and James Wagner. And this is on the MLB extending their TV deal with Fox Sports. Two people with direct knowledge of the deal said it was for seven years through the 2028 season and worth $5.1 billion. That money wasn't there when they signed in 2015, Rob. You're not losing money. These players know it. 
I know it. All the fans know it. And what you are pushing out to your fans is a bunch of BS. And you canceling games is a bunch of BS. Thank you for making Lockdown White Sox your first listen each and every day. Thank you for listening today, and our next episode will be Friday Fun. We'll have a sporkle quiz. We'll talk about the White Sox bullpen in comparison to the AL Central. Now make your second listen, Lockdown MLB. Paul Francis Sullivan, please call him Sully, brings you his unique perspective on the major leagues past and present. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Sean Anderson, and thank you for listening to Lockdown Sox. Lockdown Sox.